You're listening to another great podcast in the Stoplight Network. And welcome to episode 76 of Three Geeky Ladies. I'm Elisa Paselli, and with me, as always, are Vicki Stokes. Hello. And Suze Gilbert. Hi, everyone. How is everyone doing on this uh, snowy day? Well, it's not snowy here, but it's darn cold, I'll tell you that. It's not snowing here either, which is very surprising. Here I am in upstate New York, no snow whatsoever, but Tennessee, Virginia, Philadelphia, the Carolinas, they're getting bombarded. Surprisingly, we don't have any snow here in California. No way. <laughs> no. You have no Sunny. water either. Yeah, it's been raining quite a bit. Yeah, we had quite, we rain practically all day yesterday. Oh, really? And we, we're going to get another storm that comes in. But, you know, it, it, what's funny is that it's so dry that um, you rarely see puddles. I see a puddle right there in the middle of the street because it's a, it's a dip in the road. But I bet by the end of the day, it's going to be gone. Um, we, we just don't really have... Um, we got to go. We have to have like that 40 days and 40 nights of rain before we can get rid of a, this drought. But wow. it's also a, a slightly unseasonably warm. It's maybe 5 to 10 degrees hotter than it normally is. We, we should be in the mid-50s during the day, um, maybe 40s at night. And we're like 60s during the day and um, 50s at night. So, Well, right now it's 24 degrees here and it feels like 12. And it's supposed to hit the 40s, I think, on Wednesday, mm. about, about 40. But I, I'll take the cold if it means no snow. And like I said, we have zero snow. I would rather have snow than the cold. But, you know, we in here is just chilly. It's, it's very cold. Thank goodness Dallas ha- hasn't had any snow this year. But, you know, when I see those blizzard-like conditions going up the eastern seaboard, my I feel so bad. I do because I – there's – I think when you have young kids, there's this anticipation, you know, it's hot cocoa, it's sledding. I always brought the boys out, you know, if they had the day off, we'd go out sledding or something. And, you know, we'd have the hot cocoa with mini marshmallows. We'd make a day of it. And there's just something about fresh snow and the beauty of snow. But then, you know, um, you have to deal with power outages and maybe not. We lived through that ice storm of, you know, 97, I think it was, um, 98. But I think... As far as, it's just the, it's nice when you're a kid. It's not so nice when you have to go work in it and you have to drive in the snow. Because uh, I just, I hate driving in the snow. I hate driving on ice. I really, really do. But I like the look of snow. I think snow is pretty, but I don't think I want to live in it again. No. Um, nope. If I never Tucson, see snow again, I'm good. Well, no, I, I, I need to see it. But, you know, Tucson, as much as I, I you know, poor Tucson, I really feel bad. Because it's so sunny. But, you know, I have to say in the winter, there is no place more beautiful. Yeah, it's like in the 70s or something. It, I no, mean, nice and toasty. Uh, it, but no, it wasn't. It, well, sometimes it was in the 60s, 50s and 60s. And it was nice. It was perfect weather. But the snow. I don't think cat- 50s, 60s is perfect weather. You have to be in the 70s for perfect. No, 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 no. no. Six, 60s, 60s and 70s oh, are perfect no. for me. But oh, I think cold. when it would snow in the Catalinas and you would mm-hmm. see the snow in the mountains, it was gorgeous. And that's where snow belongs, in the mountains. But, you mm-hmm. know, that was just You're right. Gorgeous. That's exactly where it belongs. Yeah. Oh, it was I agree with you there. I, 
I, yeah. I grew up in Tennessee and we rarely got snow. Um, and, and I don't think Memphis got any snow. That's where I grew up. Um, and if it did, the whole city shut down because they don't have yes. snow plows or anything. You, I mean, why invest in snow plows if you rarely get snow? And us kids were so happy when it happened. I mean, I think when I was a kid, it happened maybe once or twice. <laughs> That's just how rare we had snow. But they had the ice storms, too, which was like, uh, like you said, power outages. You can't oh, do ice storms you can't are do miserable. anything about ice storms. You just got to stay inside. Yeah. No, but kids, you know, the thing is, is that, like, if you're in New England, they always buffer in um, snow days, you know. So Yeah, they do, kid, that. Kid, they do that in Tennessee, Yeah, too, kid, kids yeah. will graduate early. But if you yeah. use all your snow days, then you go further into June, which yeah. is such a short summer. Yeah. That, you know, I feel bad for the kids when they're getting out to the end of June and then they have to start in, you know, the the end I, of I, August. I was really shocked when I was in New Jersey. Uh, and actually in Newport, Rhode Island, I, that when I lived there, I didn't really notice this as much. But when I moved to New Jersey, uh, they were talking about a snowstorm. And um, I was at home. It was the weekend and I decided I'm just going to stay at home and cook some food and hang out in the house. And I went out to the grocery store. And it's like there was a riot in the grocery store. I'd oh, never yeah. seen that before in my life. There was nothing left, literally no food left. I mean, all kinds of meats that you would think they would be there. I mean, you know, everybody doesn't eat every cut. There was zero in the meat department. I think, I mean, that's, I the, I think that's the cook. I think that's cool, though, in some ways, because it's stocking up. You know, if once, once the meteorologist would say, okay, we're expecting 10 inches of snow, you know you're probably going to have to work from home if you're able to. Uh, that's one reason why being a nurse really stunk because they would yeah, say, "Yeah, you have to go." Yeah. We will well, or they would come get you if you mm-hmm. could say, "I can't get in." They'd say, "Okay, we will come get you." And many times you'd have to. They'd ask you to stay another shift, so you would do a double. You could you know rest or have a, but you'd do a double if you had to do a triple because the other ship's going to get in. They'd allow you to rest, but oh, I remember once I had to. <laughs> I had to stay a couple of days because it was nobody could get in and nobody could go home. It was just that bad of a snowstorm because it was a blizzard for two days. But that's really, you know, that's unfortunate when you're in that type of profession. But I think with snow, like within New England, it was hard because when they sand or salt the roads, that really does a lot of damage to your car. You know, your cars are always rusting out. That was one thing that was such a novelty in Tucson because you know, they don't, they did get a little bit of snow the the six years I lived there. Once in a while, we'd have some snow. Of course, it melted right away. But they never knew what to do in this, when they had snow. Everything shut down, which was great because they didn't have snow plows. And they sanded. They didn't necessarily salt. But that's one nice thing is when you live in it, like California or some of the sunbelt states, is that, you know, your cars, you can last forever. You can't in New England. You can't. I mean, they None just that, that co- They still try to sell you that coating that they put on the car. Yeah. I mean, you're like, you don't really need it. And, and I'm like, why? And then most cars already have a protection on it, you know, and, and that, that stuff wears off anyway. So why even pay for that crazy crap? Anyway, <laughs> you know, just used car salesmen you know? and new car salesmen do that. Yeah. You know, that's, that's yeah. my son's job. He's a, uh, a used car uh, salesman? He's a finance manager at a car dealership, and his Uh-oh. job is to sell you that crap. So. <laughs> <laughs> no offense intended. Yeah. Yeah. No, my husband and I have gone over with him. We're like, don't even, don't even think about trying to sell it to us because we're just going <laughs> to knock you right down. And he tries to fight back. I'm like, just go away. 
And then they get this, they got now this warranty of, oh, oh, warranty for your tires. Warranty for your tires. Yes, I do. I don't do get, get that. I mean, um, don't they already come with a warranty? No, they don't. I live in California. We put a lot of miles on my, on your cars. It, within a couple of years, you're going to be, that warranty is not going to be worth Well, the warranty is usually like if you run over a nail and needs to get the mm-hmm. yes. get it fixed. Yeah, but see, that's, that's. It'll cover it. So you don't have to. That's a normal warranty. That's like, that's just hazard. And it's expensive. You know, we replaced the tire. Oh, good. Most, you're yeah, probably going to take that used one to patch it and try to sell it to somebody. <laughs> yeah, but most tires have like a limited warranty. You know, Yeah, like 65,000 miles. Um, and that's how yeah. many miles I got on my car in two years. Okay? Right. But, <laughs> so but, but that's the, not worth it. <laughs> but, the warranty, the, but the warranty doesn't cover nails or anything like that. I mean, um, you know, the, the normal tire warranty. That's just normal wear and tear. But like what Elise is saying, because we did that, we ended up getting a warranty that covered any type of damage at all to the tire, even the rims. They'll replace the rims for you, too, if you get too close to a concrete, you know, uh, uh, banister uh, barrier, excuse me, and you scrape it, they will replace the rim. But the tire itself, yeah, it's just normal wear and tear. So, if you know, here there's so much construction and there's so many potholes that if you get a flat going over a pothole and or you get a, uh, t- a nail or something, they replace it. So it's it's like a hundred extra bucks. So to me, that's worth it. To be mm-hmm. honest, um, with you. they uh, it was part of this package that was thousands of dollars. Oh, uh, okay. Well, and, no, I never paid that. Windshield and a bunch of other stuff. So this week, we're going to be continuing our conversation about what we're streaming and watching. And I did want to follow up, Suze. About mm-hmm. our conversation about Daredevil. Oh boy, here it okay. comes, everyone! Well, Drum roll. No. I had oh, mentioned... Did you say grumpy? Did you say grumpy? It's <laughs> a <laughs> drum roll. Oh, it's a drum roll. What I had, I was mentioning that I found it very hard to believe that here's this blind man <clears throat> fighting crime and yeah, beating people up and so forth, and it was ridiculous and so on and I so forth. Too. Well, one yeah. or two episodes after that, when I was watching. And I won't go into detail for people who haven't seen it yet. It does go back into his childhood and explain how he came to be the man he is today. Yeah. See, you didn't and give then enough, didn't give that enough time. And then that started to make more sense. It's Good. still ridiculous, but... It's not ridiculous. It's common. It's ridiculous. See, no. with Spider-Man and his spidey <sighs> sense. It's sort of stupid. No, I have a yes. spidey sense. I have a spidey <laughs> sense. I it, do. I did watch oh, the whole man. series. It's one of those shows that, Vicky, I kind of equate it to Grimm. I know you like watching Grimm. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. one of those shows where I watch it every week, but if they cancel it, I'm good with that too. Oh, no. I thought it oh, was I- a lot of fun, and I thought that, for one thing, it's, it's, it's no worse than Grimm. I mean, well, no, don't you say fairy, it like that either. Don't you dare say it like that. <laughs> fairy tales, you have to suspend. You can't think of it in a realistic sense. They're fairy tales and or fantasy comics, you know, Marvel. They're fantasy and they're escapism. I, and I, I thought I, Daredevil yeah, yeah. was escapism I agree. done I in agree. a very, very fun manner. I thought it was very I did get, I just did didn't get, get into it. I, could, I didn't couldn't follow it. So I didn't care about the characters. You know, so I watched the whole thing, but I don't even remember what happened because I just didn't, it just didn't, 
captured my interest. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I did think watch it's because it. of the movie was so bad. I hated the movie. God, well, that's awful. what I've heard about the movie. But I will watch yeah. it when season two comes out, which I think is in March. Okay. I yeah, believe. they did. They've released all the, uh, the the dates for all of the new shows for 2016 on uh, for Netflix. Right. So, I th- I yeah. think I could be wrong, but I think it's March that it's coming out. Season two. So well, I'll, I'll be watch wa- I'll be watching it. But there were a couple that I know the two of you loved and I just couldn't watch was um, River. Oh, I loved River. It was all I could do to get through episode one. Oh, boo-hoo. And the other one was, was it Run? Was that what the... Oh, I love that. Yes. Again, episode one, it was all I could do to get through it. Wow. I said, I can't, I can't watch anymore. But Run is, the the life intertwined. So if you didn't like the first one... Maybe you like the second one, you no, know, because it's I a different said, person. You know something? I don't care about any like like you said about Daredevil, Vicky. I didn't care about anybody, right, and okay. I just thought it was. Mm-hmm. I just thought it was just long. It's like it was only about forty five minutes, but like I'm still watching, I'm still watching wow. this. Well, I liked it. But I said, yeah, let me give Daredevil, it a try. I'm sorry, just... Daredevil sucked. Run was good. Okay, everybody out there, that <laughs> those are the facts. Listen, <laughs> you know, I Vicky. like River because for one thing. You, I like the element of surprise in River, the first, ep- the first pilot episode. And secondly, mm-hmm. I am tired of rehashed crime shows. Reha- I mean, I'm, I get bored yeah. with it. And I am so yeah. sick of, you know, and I'm going to, oh, man, if I, I don't know if I should do this. I know there's a lot of people that like the CSI stuff, but you Ooh, know, you like want to talk about fantastical and uh, it's a spinning yeah. unrealistic. Yeah. It's totally unrealistic. So yeah. I like a, I like more of a true beat crime scene that they're not just relying on pseudoscience because it is really pseudoscience. And I like River because, number one, I love the lead actor, Stone Skarsgård. And I think that the acting was really well. Nicola Walker from MI5 is in it, and she I loved MI5. I, didn't, I put that on the list. I, it's very hard to get now. Netflix was streaming it um, a year and a half ago, but they, they're not scre- streaming it any longer. So um, Amazon has it. You can buy the DVDs, but I'm not sure if you can stream it with an Acorn um, subscription through Amazon because I think I'm going to end up getting an Acorn subscription. So I'll definitely let our listeners know if you can do that. But um, I have to say, I liked River. It was different, I and I thought I, I thought the acting was so good because you didn't know if it was real or if it was, you know who he was talking to. Was it really? A dead person? I, 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 I think you're right. I think it, it's it's like um, very very realistic in terms of um, this is the way pe- uh, people who are detectives actually live, walk yes. around, and react to solving problems of uh, yes. crime. And I, I find, like you said, with CSI, these women walking around with three $400 sunglasses and these these boobs that are sticking out to nowhere. People in that CSI, I'm sure there's some attractive people. I'm not saying they're unattractive, but they're regular scientists, regular Joe Blow people, and they don't go to crime scenes and become the subject of the crime scene. Uh, and right. um, they don't they don't interact with cops like that. I mean, and I'm like, sure they don't yeah. make two hundred thousand dollars a year. You know, no, they uh, don't. They yeah, don't. I, I have a cousin who loved that that uh, those shows and decided that she's going to take her science degree and she's going to become a, a forensic science person. She said <laughs> I could make more money as a biology teacher in high school. You know, they they're the low they're low on the, on the ram of uh, the totem pole. 
you know, they, you can move up in there, I'm sure, but right. then they're not paid that much. They're, they, I mean, yeah. they're just test tube people. You know, that's where they, they proceed. Well, I agree um, with so. you as far as I've never seen CSI. I've never seen Law & Order. Just not interested. So I, I like agree with you in that respect yeah. that it's not the textbook or I mm-hmm. shouldn't say textbook, like the standard Hollywood mm-hmm. version of crime dramas. I totally agree with you there. Mm-hmm. And I do like something that's a little bit different. Like I just finished watching the other day, Mr. Robot. Oh, I oh, love I hated it. That. Oh, I hated oh, that, that was it, That's my favorite new show. Yeah, well, I'm, I I'm in between it. you two. I didn't love it, but I didn't <laughs> oh, hate it. I but, thought but it was But it was fun. definitely when you got to, what was it, episode, um, maybe it was episode eight. And there was a twist thrown in, which again, I won't say anything for people who haven't watched it. But it was like, oh, that's a different take on it. And it's just a totally different it comes from a different place. I like weird, quirky shows like that. Mr. I, Robot I, was so much fun. And, and when we started watching it. Damn it. Oh, no. I thought it put, I thought I, the only reason why I, I recorded it, because it put me to sleep. <laughs> I couldn't stand the pace of it. I didn't think it was quirky. I just thought it was just, you know. You know no, because I, I, I enjoyed it. The guy's it. sort of weird looking. He has a twin. Yeah, I just like his yeah. weird looking too. I mean, he's yeah. He's, I no, I don't have a problem with how he look. It's, it's, it's just maybe I, I just... should have become a hacker because I really am interested. <laughs> but you mm. know, you know, some of the things were yeah, you could say again. It's it. Uh, you have to realize this is not a real life type of situation. It's a fantasy. You know, it's almost like a sci-fi, but I enjoyed it. I thought um, it was fun. I, I, my, I wanted more my of, husband and I enjoyed it a lot. I wanted more of the revenge part of it because I like getting back at people. You know, seeing people <laughs> bad people get their, you know, just desserts. Well, you I need to talk the to the, the screenwriters, Vicky. To even hang in there for that. You know, I just... Well, uh, Vicky, did you watch Orphan Black? I did, yeah, and I got tired of it. Because that's another one where... Yes. I'm surprised I don't know her her, her name. I like the first but, couple of seasons, and it just became actress, sort of tedious. But the actress, why did she not win an Emmy? And this year, why did she not get nominated? Because she plays I don't a have different character. And you and know what? You forget that it's her. Exactly. I haven't seen Orphan Black. I'll Orphan probably Black. Have to yeah. It's about it's about clones. And then uh, what pro- the problem I, I have with the read BBC when they when they when they bring their shows on, you get to see it, and then they go away, and then I forget all about them. Right. But and that's the reason why I couldn't follow the next couple of seasons because. I, I didn't remember what happened, and I just didn't. It just I couldn't hold, it couldn't hold my interest after a while. But she's very good, and I, I just like the way they do filming. It looks realistic. It does. It looks grungy and dirty, and you know, nothing sanitized. You know, it, I mean, it's. Um, and to say, like it just one feels, character, you, can, you get into the the, the scene. Uh, yeah, more, one more one character is British. One yeah. character is a soccer mom. Soccer mom. Yeah. So she's got you know the minivan and the long hair, and she does a businesswoman. And I one is was, Russian. Yeah. One is German. One yeah. is a lesbian scientist who wears yeah. her, her hair in cornrows. Yeah. Um, and they all have different accents: American accents, British accents, German accents, and it's all the same actress. But they're all different characters. They're, and they're, they're, they're different. real people. They're not fantasy people. They're real right. People. And they play. Yeah. And sometimes you have. All of them in the same room at the same time, yeah. And but you don't look at them and say, "Oh, that's her playing her, and that's her playing the same this person." And it's, it's you know, it's you think there's eight different people playing eight different roles. Yeah. Well, to get back to our list, because we're talking about all these shows that even aren't are not, <laughs> not on our list. list. <laughs> I'm going to talk about Spiral. I ta- I think I've mentioned it before in the podcast. It's engrenage in French, but it has been one of my very favorite French crime dramas for <clears throat> years and. 
they are currently filming um, the sixth series of it. Now, what's interesting about this particular series is that, number one, the first episode is very graphic. And I would definitely warn listeners before they start to watch it, have a strong stomach because some of the things are graphic, but it is a Parisian crime drama. And it's not the Paris of the Eiffel Tower and the Lac de Triomphe. It's the gritty side of Paris. You know, it's the, it's um, definitely. The back um, alleys. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's the real, you know, it's, um, it, it's the poorer sections, crime ridden sections. And it's interesting is, you know, it's in French with English subtitles. And I love watching, you know, French shows to keep up my French. I can't. When we were in France last year, I was telling some of our French friends, because they love Engrenage as well, and it's Spiral for the U.S. If you go to Netflix, you'll, you'll see that it's um, the American title is Spiral, the English title. And I was telling them that I can barely understand anything that they say because they use so much slang in the show. And it was so heartening that Francis said he couldn't understand it either. (laughs) Because I'm thinking, you know, I don't think they said that. And Mike and I will, my husband and I will play back. Wow, really? That means that? And I thought it doesn't even sound like French. The acting is phenomenal. Um, You really get involved with the characters. They do, I think they do a fabulous job with character development. The only thing is sometimes at the very end of the series, I don't feel they... um, close up all the or tie up all the ends and that can be good and bad you know sometimes that's good because it leaves it to your imagination but they do have a really good follow-up for the next series as far as you know the starting point so you'll know it it's a continuation so I think if you looked at it if you binge watch it it would it would flow very seamlessly um they do a lot with um Carolyn Proust, who's an absolute fabulous actress, absolutely fabulous. Um, I really enjoy her. And she, um, with Gregory Fitoussi, who's absolutely gorgeous, it's almost like a French law and order. So you have the, um, you have the judicial system that are taking these cases. And it's really an interesting look at sometimes French, you know, how the French deal with cases. And you have the police um, crime work and how they uh, go hand in hand with each other, very similar to Law and Order. But I highly recommend it. It's one of my absolute favorite shows. I absolutely love this series, Engrenage. I just think it's funky. It's it's cool. I think the cinematography is well done. Uh, the character development's well done. And if you're looking for you know something French, definitely that it's should called, be on your the, list. The, the English is uh, called Spiral. Spiral, yep. But if you're if you want to use Spiral to um, refresh your French, that may not happen unless you have a really good knowledge of French slang. You, you, you know, you know back alley French. Yeah, yeah, it's it's wow, but it's good. I enjoy it. Well, you know, I, I with these foreign films and um, TV series, I um, have this British one called Happy Valley. I watched it some time ago, back in two thousand fourteen. Um, that's when the first season, uh, uh, season was released. Uh, and it's about a woman police sergeant. Um, and she, uh, she's, she's trying to get over her daughter's suicide. And uh, she seems like she's getting herself together. And then she sees this guy on the corner that she believes is responsible for the, her, her daughter's brutal rape and impregnation. Uh, and which drove her daughter to suicide. 
So she becomes obsessed with finding this guy because she sees she just um, suddenly sees him and then he's gone and she she starts trying to, to see him, find him. And um, there are another subplot of this is that two other people claim that this same guy is responsible for is involved with um, the kidnapping of, of this young girl. Um, and so that those are the two stories that are sort of intertwined and she's trying to solve it. And um, again, these are like strong women. I really like these characters that they have, these women detectives that sort of like, I think it's like Jessica Jones. You know, you, you see these women that are just hardcore, you know, they, they're ready. They're, they're in charge. They um, are relentless. Um, and it's just, it's just really, really great. Um, and as I said before, I have, never really liked British shows. I, I, the dramas are, were fine with me. Most of their romance uh, romance stuff just doesn't fly with me. But now I'm so in love with their detective stories and their um, TV series. Um, I hope we don't try to make an American version of it. I mean, come on, let's oh, be they, more they creative. Try. Well, you The know, Office, if you think about The Office, House of Cards. House of Cards yeah. is a trilogy um, from the BBC, yeah. we Americanize everything. I guess they feel that, you know, it's, I don't know, it's a dumb They're lazy. Or... They don't not want yeah. to be creative. They want to take somebody else's formula and apply it. And um, that, I mean, come up with something else. You know, I, I like this story, but I really don't want somebody else to try to do the same dog on thing that she's going to take a whole, totally different turn on it, you know. Um, but, yeah, um, they also are doing the same things. It's quite a num- another uh, number of Swedish um Detective stories like this with the female. Oh yeah, like the, yeah. Wallander. I mean, Wallander yeah. is one. Um, yeah, well, you know, I ha- they haven't. They better yeah. not do dictate. Dictate is dictate. <laughs> I just, I love dictate. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I have to say though, is uh, Sarah Lancaster, uh, Lancashire, who plays yeah. in Happy Valley, plays yeah. in one of mine, The Last Tango in Halifax. Who John yeah. Nemo recommended that he said, Suze, you right, remind me of her," and I'm thinking, okay, because in Last Tango in Halifax, she's gay. And I'm thinking, have I, you know, I'm, I'm wondering, John, have I given you any, like, you know, <laughs> not that there's anything wrong, but no, but in Last Tango in Halifax, she plays this fabulous, strong female. She just is a fabulous actress. And I've started to watch Happy Valley. I think she is just, um, I, I just, I'm glad I've, we've discovered her because she is a wonderful actress and she takes any role and she plays it with uh, believability. And I really love the fact, um, like in Last Tango in Halifax, that's just the, like a, a, it's a, it is a, um, it, it's an elderly couple that meet, that get together, that they loved each other a, lo- a long time ago. They got married and everything. And then they're, you know, in their senior years, they reconnect on Facebook and you, it's. It, I think it's up to six or seven seasons. I can't wait till the next season come out, comes out. But I love the fact that number one, I think there's not one show except that the British deal with that has couples, you know, in their you know senior years that are rediscovering each other and falling in love again. I think that's fabulous. You know, I, because I do think we have a lot of ageism in this society. And have you also noticed that they don't cover up their wrinkles and, and things like they do in Hollywood? No, I they, know. If, if the character dictates, she would be a buxom blonde with, with the know. most perfect skin, and she's in her 40s. I know, you it's know? fabulous. Come on. And she yeah, looks great. Yeah. 
But I love yeah, it last one in Halifax yeah. because Sarah plays a school headmistress and she's dealing with her mother who's fallen in love with her, you know, um, lost love back in her, you know, teens. And it's, it's a really well done show. I love mm-hmm. the fact that they have, they deal with, um, you know, a lesbian marriage, which I think that it's just wonderful the way they dealt with that. And, yeah. you know, some of the issues that can occur with that, trying to integrate that, how elderly people look upon, um, you know, maybe their, you know, or any parent looking upon their child who has been married and has children and then decides to divorce because they can't live a lie any longer and they come out. And I think all the stuff they deal with in Last Tango and Halifax, I mean, you can say, yeah, it's a little fluffy show. I don't think, though, I don't think that at all. I know there's been some comments in that. I think it's I think it's uh, very good as far as dealing with issues that we read about. And they just have a fabulous series. Thank you, Nemo, for John Nemo, for um, recommending Last Tango and Halifax, because I am just totally addicted to that show. I can't wait. Uh, until the new season comes out. I highly recommend that one. That's a great binge watch. How many episodes per season? Oh, boy. Um, Let me look under my Netflix. I think, I want to say it has, I don't know, maybe seven or eight. Usually with some of these, they have like 12, but I think that one is seven or eight. Let me look on Netflix real quickly. It's six. Is it six? Like a six, yeah. Well, I said seven. So that was... <laughs> yeah, and, and it has three seasons. Oh, okay. oh, no, no, no. It has more than three seasons. What? It's only showing three. Last Tango in Halifax? Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I maybe have to scroll. No, I can't scroll down. It's only season three. Wait a minute. Three. Oh, I thought it had more than that. Yeah. Oh, maybe mm-hmm. maybe you're right. Maybe you're right. Yeah. I thought it had more than that. Maybe they're, they're going to... It's a great again. cast. It's just, it's a fabulous cast. Um, yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah, season one. Yeah, season three. That was on um, February 1st, 2015. They yeah. did say they're renewing it for one more, uh, for another season, so... Yeah. Yeah, okay, it's, cool. showing, it's showing here 2016 on the Internet Movie Database. But no, but no actual date. Okay. They ha- they have a lot of drama in it too. It's not uh, it's it's funny, but it's also dramatic. So I think I think you would uh you would enjoy it. Well, I'm going to be politically incorrect here. Uh-oh. One of the shows that I've watched is on Amazon called Transparent. Mhm. And have either of you watched it? No. No, but you talked about it last week a little bit and it sounds interesting. Well, it's it won all the awards the first season. Mm-hmm. And it's one of these, it's only a half hour show. It's a little bit less, maybe like 25 minutes. 10 episodes per uh, per season. I'm on episode nine of season two. It's a show I cannot watch more than one at a time because I want to go into the, I just want to go into my iPad and get that cast and smack the heck out of every one of them <laughs> because they are so self-centered. It's about uh, Jeffrey Tambor plays a man who is really, he's, he feels he's a woman. So he is, he's starting to live his life as a woman. And he is the only sane person in the entire cast. Mm-hmm. His children are so self-centered. It's all about me, all about me, that I can't stand it. And there's, mm-hmm. 
there's a lot of what I feel is gratuitous nudity. I don't think mm-hmm. it really adds anything to the to the show. But put that aside. Just totally ignore that for now. It's it's just one of these shows where I'm not seeing how wonderful it is. Mm. Because I think they are so full of themselves that I think it takes away from the overall meaning of the show. I read the, the description and it didn't sound like anything I wanted to watch. So I, I didn't even add it to my queue. Maybe that's the point, though, because, you know, I think sometimes with society, when people say they're going to have gender reassignment surgery and stuff, and I think there's also this um, very tacit, um, how do I want to say, bias against people that have lived their life and want to have gender reassignment surgery saying that, you know, they've lived a lie. It's basically, to me, you can equate it to perhaps somebody that has always felt they were gay and, you know, got married and, you know, had kids. And, you know, we have a family member that that's happened to and then just said, I can't live like this anymore. I'm not being true to myself. And I still think there is some stigma. I know there's stigma in, in our society about it. And maybe that's exactly what they want to highlight is that, you know, here's this person that's making this huge or taking upon this huge undertaking and that just everyone around him is so self-absorbed. And that is our society. I mean, we live in our, our Kardashian society. These people got famous for doing what? A reality show or a sex tape? Also, gender reassignment. <laughs> I mean, this, yeah. is such a, this is such a pop culture. And I just hate, that's yeah. why I hate these stupid reality shows. And I, for those, I, I, I couldn't I, see how... Um, it's so far removed than how I would live, or I, I just yeah, I can't I, even. It's just I didn't get that from the trailers and from what, from the description of it. I saw I thought I, I kept every every clip I saw was a it was a it was, they were trying to be funny, but I just didn't get where the gender reassignment came in on that. And I'm not a big Jeffrey Tambor uh, fan. Well, there's there's but, no gender so. reassignment. That's not what he's going for. He just dresses and lives his I mean, life yeah, as yeah. a woman. Oh, okay. I see. Uh, uh, but it took, cross-dresser. It, yeah. took, I, it took three times before I could finally watch an entire episode. Because mm-hmm. I said, I don't like this. And I said, let me try again. Let me try again. And when I do watch it, I watch one episode. And then I do something mm. else because it's just his children are so annoying yeah. and they are just, yeah. I've never seen a family where it's yeah. so much about me. I don't care about you. Mm. I don't care about my children, my own children. It's me. And it's that's sort of, what I'm getting out of it. You know what that reminds me of? My sister and I initially started liking that show Grinder <laughs> with Bob Lowe. He, he's an actor who played a lawyer and he wants to oh, go. Oh, yeah. And it, if that's the kind of frustration I get out of that show, because after a while you go, come on, this is stupid. You guys going to actually let him do that? You know, and it's, 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 it's I, I don't like it anymore because it starts becoming as if I'm stupid along with them, that if mm-hmm. I won't keep following this, this line. And um, I just don't have that kind of patience for stuff. But fortunately, like you said, that show is just a half an hour too. So you can, you can do it in doses. Just, but I, yeah, I, but I think I'm, you know, I have never, doses. I don't watch the Oscars. I don't, I don't watch I've, I've never in my life seen uh, an episode of it. I, just I, don't have, don't I get so sick of um, seeing a fantastic movie with fantastic acting. And then either the Academy decides to be politically correct and or they totally ignore what they should be honoring. and Or they, they put out there that this person needs to win. 
and in well, it I'm going to be wins. honest with you, Birdman. Yeah. You know, we, uh, my husband, and I said, oh, we we need to watch Birdman because you know that's that got the Oscar, and let's see. It was terrible. Oh I'm my sorry. god! I did not like awful. it either. I'm like, oh, I thought I, I thought horrible. I saw a different version of it. Or something. Oh my god! It was awful. And I'm thinking yeah. this won an Oscar over the other movies because they I mean, said oh. that he needed to win an Oscar. People kept saying he needs to win one, so he won one. Okay. You know, that's the way that business. Well, he didn't win. Michael uh, Michael Keaton did not. The, the, win no, the. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's why he's talking, sure she's he talking about the director. Oh, and, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Yeah, and yeah. I, I have to say is that you know, I just get tired of. I have or the years before watching the Oscars and then just thinking, what are they thinking? Because when someone delivers such an incredible acting experience that you, your breath is taken away. And, you know, and they also ignore things like Steven Spielberg has made classic movies. They've been good classic movies. And he had to make one. He had to be politically correct. And I'm not saying he should never have made Schindler's List. I'm very glad he did. It was an incredible movie. But he should have also won for some of his other classic movies that were really good. And he just never has. And I just hate this bias. You know, if something is great or popular. um, They, I... I can't I, think, I, of, I can't I, think I, of very many movies that, that got the Oscar that I actually liked or watched. I don't watch a lot of movies. And nine times out of ten, it's a movie that I would never go see and I never do ever watch it. So I, I, I don't, I, I, there's no, no, no reason for me to watch the Oscars. Um, I, I always saw it as it's a bunch of old people um, who, because generally, um, these highbrow stuff win. A lot of the British movies won. Tons of those. I mean, you had, had a British accent, or you, if you were. Um, no, I don't. See, I don't think that at you, all. For, for a while, Idris, it was, if you had a, Idris, a British Idris accent, Elb- or if you were Meryl Streep, you won. Well, Meryl Streep, yes. I mean, I, I will agree with that. But I, I no, I don't. I think the British don't win all that often, actually. But I, I think blockbusters win when. People put in. Oh, I don't like, think a lot so. Of a lot money. of blockbusters. Oh, none of none of Steven Spielberg. They were all his movies. No, no, no. I don't mean blockbusters. I mean epic. Excuse me. I mean like epic films. When there's an oh, epic yeah. film, like yeah. okay. for instance, the the director just. Um, I don't, oh, I'm Reds gonna, from Warren Beatty. I, I don't. That movie want, was so long that made me maybe fall asleep in the movie theater. I don't want to yeah. mispronounce um, his yeah. name, but the the uh, director that did Birdman. Of course, did the Revenant, yeah, I, I, and when I, you see the Revenant, I mean, yes, I'm sure Leo gave a fabulous um, acting experience. My son went to see it, and he said it was just wonderful. However, it's almost as if directors also, because when I've read reviews of it, they said, eh, you know, it's almost as if he's a victim of his own success. Now he's, you can see where he's really trying hard um, to to make that successful movie. And I'm sure, but that's the goal also to, I'm sure when you're Mm. a director is to make something that yes, if you get rewarded for it by an Oscar, that's probably great. However, there have been so many movies in the past that have just delivered on every single level and never have won. And then this movie that wins is usually. It's not about being winning. How about just being nominated? Some of the things don't even get nominated. But the thing to just get back to, to, um, you know, when the winner it doesn't necessarily mean it either that it's a very cool little art film or something, but it's not, um, you know, 
it's not just a great movie. It's a good movie. It's an okay movie, but it's it's really at the whim of the Academy. And I just yeah. stopped, I stopped watching uh, award shows yeah. a long time ago. Yeah, I mean, you got to have something to root for, and if they're not nominating things that you 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 like, then there's no need to watch it. Well, they'll nominate it, but it's it's like never. Well, yeah, there's a win. lot of uh, people who would think differently. A lot of older women don't get nominated. A lot of minorities don't get nominated ever, and that's well, the Helen argument. Mir- Helen nobody, Mirren, nobody expects Helen Mirren, you to win. Helen Mirren. No, I disagree huh? with you. Helen Mirren, who's older, gets nominated. Judy Dench, who's older, gets nominated. That's not true. That older women don't get nominated. They do. They okay. do, and they win, and they win, and that's good. I mean, Helen I, Mirren, I do think British. there's a lot of You're like I said, British accent. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm saying. <laughs> All right. Well, I was saying oh. that Transparent on um, on Amazon won everything the first season. This past year for the Golden Globes, in I think it was the gold was it the Golden Globe? Yes, the Golden Globes. It was mm-hmm. Mozart in the Jungle, and it won either. against Transparent. Now that's another show that I watched, and it's it's also again uh, about less than half an hour, about ten episodes for the season. It's just finished season two, and it's just about a Mexican conductor who takes over the New York Symphony. Oh, and so there is a lot of classical mm-hmm. music in there. And what's kind of cool is if you watch it through. Uh, the Amazon video app on your iPad, they have something called X-Ray. So you can mm-hmm. stop what's the, you can stop play and it will tell you in X-Ray what the piece of music is, you know, who the actors yeah, are yeah. in, who the mm-hmm. actors are in that particular scene that you're watching. And then it will also tell you the piece of music. So if you say, I really like this piece of music, you can, it'll tell you that it's, you know, Beethoven's fifth or whatever it happens to be. So you can get more information about it later on. That's cool. That's but cool. this is another show. It's good. I mean, if I have to pick one over one or you know either Transparent or, or Mozart, Mozart wins. But it's not wonderful. Yeah. But it won the Golden Globe for best TV series. Mm. I, I stopped looking at. It, I, it, I don't know. I just you have to, st- you know, not look at awards. I think because you know I've heard that Idris Elba, who everyone knows, I'm in love with him. Luther yeah. was fabulous, <laughs> and I just. <laughs> They better bring back Alice. That's all I can say is because I li- I really did like the tension between him and Alice. But Idris played in Beasts of No Nation. That is supposed to be just an incredible film. He played mm-hmm. a commander in that, and it's a it's a war film. And I don't I don't I believe that didn't get nominated. But he did not get nominated either. And he is just an incredible actor. I I I think my husband is watching The Wire, and I think I mentioned that last week. Is that he just can't believe how many of these British actors can put on such a great either Baltimore accent or Southern accent. It's just it's incredible how well they do the American accent and how we don't do so well with the British accent. Yeah, we don't. <laughs> Some of true. us can't even get Southern accents right. I know. <laughs> And that is Vicky's pet peeve. Is the that is, yeah, yeah, I won't is. even try. I don't even try. <laughs> I will have to tell you is that I was advised when we moved to Texas is to throw in y'all once in a while. And it's very hard for me to throw, for being an Easterner, to throw y'all because it sounds fake. Now, my well, neighbors who yeah. are native uh, Texans, when they say y'all, Suzanne, y'all coming over, mm-hmm. I, it sounds perfectly normal for them. It does not sound normal for me, but they say fi- it is fixing. You do have to say fixing. You know, I'm fixing, I'm fixing to go to the to store. Do. I'm fixing I'm, to go to the store. Yeah. I'm fixing to make that tonight. It sounds well, so artificial. It sounds like well, down such an the, artif- going down the road a piece. 
It sounds like I haven't heard that one. I, it sounds, I can't, you know what? I spent most of my life trying not to have an accent. And y'all is something that I, it's very hard for me because I tried to stop saying that. Um, so you're doing the, in, the reverse. Yeah. <laughs> so because, I can imagine how difficult that is. Yeah. Because it is hard, but you know, yeah. in, you know, in Massachusetts, you say use guys. Hey, what are you doing? Use guys. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but y'all yeah. make sense because and, and, you and all. I think in, in like uh, Michigan, they say anyways. Well, every region, yeah. I think, has their yeah, own anyways. little nomenclature, yeah. their own little regionalisms yeah. or colloquialisms, I guess would be more apt yeah. to say. But I find Texans, um, I once said to someone, I said, you know, they said, well, if you want that, you have to go to this town. And I said, oh, my gosh, that's a poke. And they looked at me and they said, excuse me? And I said, mm-hmm. it's a poke. And in Maine, a poke is a long ways away. That's what, mm-hmm. you know, oh, man, that's a poke, meaning mm-hmm. that's, that's going to take you a long time to get there. Yeah. They looked at me like I had a horn growing out of my head. And it was so funny because I had to explain to them what a poke meant. I, thought, I didn't know what it meant either. I didn't know what it really? meant. Really? No. Are you kidding me? No, never heard of it. Never heard of it. No. Well, I no. guess you haven't been to Maine then. So, no, we yeah, sure have it's, it's, it's a poke. You can't you get there. One thing about you can't uh, get there accent. from here. Uh-huh. I'm sorry. I said you can't get there from here. It's a poke. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, one thing about accents is, Elsewhere, outside of the South, is that they don't attribute that to being um, dumb or not so smart. Southern accents, people tend to think you're dumb. So the red, it's in, rednecky. In, huh? I think I think they equate it to being redneck because of well, you have to be white to be redneck. I think. <laughs> so, yeah, well, I mean, even black people with southern accents, they think they're slow, they're stupid. So we grew up in uh, uh, trying not to. You, you, you go to college, people make fun of you. I know they did for me. And even though we had a number of people that were from Tennessee, I noticed all of them trying to not do that, speak faster. Um, um, I, when I go home, I, my speech pattern slows up tremendously. I was surprised that uh, one, of, one of the people I was working with um, uh, when I used to work for the bank uh, told me, wow, you talk so fast. I said, yeah, you do. I do. I do. <laughs> I, I, I've been trying. I, people, <laughs> yeah, so you talk so fast. Like, yeah, yeah, you, you got to get your point across because people would say you're, I mean, in college people would go, you're taking forever to get to what you have to say. Why are you so, why are you so slow? You know, why are you talking so slow? Or do you not, are they buddying thinking you don't know the answer? You know, teachers will cut you off. And well, That's anyway. funny because yeah. as I get older, I feel I should speak slower. How did, we get, be- how did we start talking about this? This is <laughs> I know. I think we should speak slower just because it's more mindful speaking. Do you, do you know what I mean? I'm becoming more mindful of what I say because not everything needs to be said. And I don't have to fill up silence. I'm learning that. I don't have to fill up silence. And you can take your time speaking about what you want to say and think about what you're saying. I never did that because I was always forced to speak very quickly. Like, you you know, you were saying, yeah, Vicky. Yeah. And it just... Yeah. You just rattle, and then you come off. I'm thinking, gosh, I have verberia. I have not shut up for 10 minutes. Yeah, yeah. You know, well, yeah. It, well, what I want to say before Suzette goes on to her next choice is that I'm glad as much as – regardless of my feelings of Transparent or Mozart in the Jungle or any of these other shows, I'm glad to see that these – these shows are being nominated for awards, that they're not the major networks anymore, that you can watch Netflix and Amazon and get some quality programming. 
Yes. Exactly. Yes. So exactly. that there are giving us options, though some people might argue, but you have to pay for those options, which is true. But you Yeah, but they're cheap. In the fact, the cable. cheap. And $8. there's other things, like with the Amazon Prime, you're not just getting videos. There's other features you're getting with your $99 a year membership. And Netflix is only $8 a month, though I did hear it's going up to 10 But still, for $120 a year, you have unlimited amount of streaming. And you pay more than $120 a month for cable. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So it's good to see that they are coming up with quality programming. Mm-hmm. And And the other thing also is the fact that many of these shows, for instance, Breaking Bad, never would have reached, they ne- they would have discontinued it had it not been for Netflix picking it up mm-hmm. and people streaming it and, and wanting more. So, you know, Vince Gilligan definitely said thank you for um, to Netflix when he accepted the Emmy Award for that, even though I wasn't watching, haha. Mm-hmm. I did watch for that. But, you know, I think that's important that they are giving us a lot of options that cable TV does not. Right. So. And, the, and also the variety, because as listeners can tell by our conversation, not we're not all agreeing on what we like and dislike. So there's yeah. a little something for everyone. And if there's yeah. if you watch one of the shows that we recommend mm-hmm. and you don't like it, there's something else to choose from. Yeah, it's not like you have three shows, and if you don't like those three shows, oh well, you're out of luck. There's a fourth show you can try. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm I'm going to take a couple of the British shows that um, I'll just talk about them briefly. Um, number one, if you like the 1960s, uh, George Gently was one that I started watching, and I like the the fact that you have an older retired um, police detective from Scotland Yard going to this you know wonderful Cornwall or um, up the coast of England and he settles in this town and he has a younger counterpart. And if you grew up in the sixties, it's really kind of fun. I think they do a very great job with set design, the music, uh, the beatnik generation, you know, how things evolved from when you see series one and then you start to get into the series and, you know, the sixties are evolving with this, uh, series. It's, it's kind of fun to see that the, the, the styles of clothing, the long yeah. hair, yeah. I enjoy it. Um, I haven't, I'm seeing some of the later seasons right now and they're okay. I think the first two seasons were a lot of fun. I enjoyed the first two seasons more, but I'll stick with it. I, I'm not binge watching it. I'm just, I'm just streaming it when I feel like it and watching a, sh- a show here and there. But the other one, um, I have, is uh, called The Midwife. I started watching that on PBS. Yeah. I absolutely yeah. love that show. Number one, they have a great female cast on Call the Midwife. And it really, it's set in London um, during the uh, 1940s. And what I loved about um, Call the Midwife is that Jenny, who is the, the midwife, it's basically her story and... Um, but the other people's stories, they do a great job with character development. But I, you know, what's interesting about um, this memoir of Jennifer Worth that they have made into this series um, is that not only are they dealing with shift work, you know, being a midwife, um, that they work with these nuns and the nuns are just the act, the actresses that play the nuns are fabulous, but all the the um, demands of a midwife back then, because I would have never thought they would have used mid. I don't ask me why, but of course it makes total sense. But midwifery itself, 
I thought that was more of a rural thing. I did not realize it was in London in some of these poor areas, they couldn't afford doctors that they used the midwife. So it was very, very interesting. I really love this show. I think the acting is fabulous. Um, I think that, um, you know, the way that they have a continuing story that's, you know, again, very believable and um, the relationships with each other, the relationships that they have in that time period, you know, because they, they evolve into the, into the 1950s. Those are really good period shows. So um, I know you can stream some series off on um, Netflix, but also the PBS app Many times they will put out the series on the PBS app that you can download on your iPad and you can see the new episodes right there before they even, you don't have to wait before they get to Netflix. And then um, the the other British show, it's kind of naughty, but this is really funny. I was taking a uh, graphic design class on Skillshare and the instructor had mentioned that we were, she was going to do this thing. It was, uh, it was a saying, you know, you, it was about text and then adding design. It was called, her saying was knitting like an electric man. And I just remember scratching my head thinking, where did that come from? And then she started talking about it came from her favorite show, Peep Show. And I said, huh, I'll have to, I'll have to see in what context knitting like an electric man is being used. So I went on YouTube. Well, first I, I, um, Googled it, found the episode, and it was really hilarious. So I started watching it, and it's about two guys, and one is very straight-laced, you know, very suit, and the other one, uh, Jeremy, he's kind of like this, I don't know, druggy ne'er-do-well. It's it's kind of sexual in parts. It's really funny, though. It's got a cult following in um, England, and they have... Uh, Olivia Coleman, who's one of my favorite actresses, she plays in um, Broadchurch, which I'll talk about later. Uh, she plays in it as well. It, it's very dysfunctional, and it's absolutely the, the way they have the camera angles and these characters, are, it's just hilarious. But just be aware that you should never watch it at work. Um, they have some swearing in there, I would definitely say that. And it's it's a fun show. If you want something that's really quirky and kind of uh, British humor and, uh, you know, slightly uh, what, not non-politically correct, uh, Mark and Jez are the, the ones you need to go for. They're, they're, they have nothing in common and they're so funny. They're, it's just really funny, I think. But you may not agree with me, but I think it's funny. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's really funny. It's just constant mayhem. I mean, it's just, you know how that commercial mayhem, it's, you, you go through an episode, it's never a calm episode. There's always some weird thing that's happening. It's, I think it's funny. I like it. Okay. Well, for me, I thought that I'll throw in a couple of Hulu TV shows. Um, they're not my favorite. They're okay. Um, um, I believe one of them is Moon Boy, and I liked it because it's sort of, it's something that you, you could watch with kids. Um, it's a comedy. It's about a, a boy um, named Martin Moon. And he has this imaginary friend called Sean um, that he helps to deal with his crazy small town Irish family. And and just it's sort of like a, a little kid, a coming of age uh, kind of movie. Uh, I mean, TV show. Um, and if you have kids, I think it'll be, it's, it's a pretty cute show. Um I see this as something that Hollywood probably will try to have on TV. Um, it's, it's sort of formulaic in that regard, but 
I think it's sort of wacky and crazy. Um, and um, I, I know my niece and nephews like that. Um, and then um, there, there's a show called Casual, which I stopped watching. And uh, it's, it's a little, uh, it wasn't what I thought it was. Um, it's also a comedy. Uh, and uh, it's, it's about, it centers around this woman named Valerie. And she's newly divorced, single mother. And she's living with her brother and her uh, daughter. And uh, it's more about their relationships and how they, uh, the brother uh, actually has a um, dating service business um, that he's a programmer for. And he's, he's trying to find uh, a relationship. And so it's the, uh, his sister. But I think the sister just wants to, ca- I think both of them just want casual relationships. They, they really don't want to be committed, but they still want to meet, you know, uh, people that they're attracted to or they could. um have somewhat of a relationship with, um, and uh, this, it's after this. Uh, just last year, they actually renewed it for um, thirteen uh, more episodes for the second season. So, I guess it did pretty well. Uh, and then the last one I have from Hulu is called Deadbeat. Um, the the main character of this show was in this was um, I think his name uh, is Tyler Levine. He was in another show called Reaper that was on, I think, uh, Fox or CW, one of those channels. And Deadbeat is pretty much sort of the same kind of show. Uh, it's a supernatural comedy series. Uh, where this guy's actually a natural medium. He's able to actually talk to people. And uh, that's what it's all about. Um, uh, it's he, he, he just goes around trying to resolve uh Issues that ghosts have. Um, I, the first episode, yeah, yeah, unresolved ghost issues is what they call it. He, um, um, the first episode was just sort of quirky and cute, and then after a while, I said, "Oh, uh, <laughs> it's not, yeah, it's not my cup of tea." But it it, uh, it has been renewed for a third season. They have, this is they've had two seasons so far. Seasons so far. So, but I see why it went to Hulu and wasn't picked up by the networks. It's been done. Before he was already in a series very similar to this, and he's playing pretty much the same kind of character, sort of quirky, slacker kind of guy. So, those are my three Hulu. So, at least we did cover you, Hulu. <laughs> yes. Well, we're starting to run a little long, so I'm going to wrap up with a couple of uh, mine here uh, because we never go off topic and we never stray. Never, so, never. never. So, uh, again, I I'm liking. I'm liking the fact that that Amazon and Netflix are coming up with this original programming. Not that I always like the program itself, but I like that they are coming up with this original programming. And one that I watched was called Narcos. And it was uh, how Colombian drug lord Pablo Escobar came into power. And at first, it took me a little bit getting into it. I'm like, eh. But then once you watch maybe three episodes, you start to get into it. It is does have a lot of subtitles because they speak – I'm not sure if they speak Spanish or Portuguese in Colombia – but whichever language they're speaking, they do have the English subtitles underneath. So you really do have to pay attention because it's probably maybe 60, 40 Spanish to English in the conversation. Mm-hmm. But it, it's interesting to see you know, how he, how he came into power and what he will do to stay in power. And it has been renewed for a second season, so you can still watch that. The other show on Netflix, uh, again, another show that uh, took me a while to get into, and it's it's okay. It's called Bloodline. And it's, oh, I didn't like that one. Yeah, it, it takes a little... It's a dark show, and it's about mm. basically about really a dysfunctional family. It's, mm. it's three siblings. Was it, no, four siblings. 
and they have uh, they have secrets in their past when their mm-hmm. black sheep of a brother returns home in Florida. Mm-hmm. So it says uh, season two premieres March 20th. So that's something, okay. you know, you, you, I don't think you're going to grab it on the first. It's not going to grab you on the first episode. You do have to watch a little bit. Uh, so if you're a fan of Kyle Chandler from uh, Friday Night Lights, he's oh, the same. I'm a fan of him. That's the reason why I stopped watching, tried to watch it. Yeah. Well, he, it's the same kind yeah. of character where he's a good guy. He plays a mm-hmm. sheriff. And mm-hmm. he's a good guy, but then he mm-hmm. did, he makes some not so good choices. But but mm-hmm. you understand why he makes the choices that he does. Okay. So mm-hmm. that's one to watch. And the last one that was highly publicized is on Amazon called "The Man in the High Castle." It it's renewed for season two, which surprised me because the way it ended on season one, I don't know how you can pick up with the season two. It seems like everything was wrapped up. Unless they're taking it from a different angle or they are picking it up from the end of season one, I really don't understand. It mm. was, I was having a hard time following it. it um, it's just about what would have happened had the, the Japanese and the Germans won World War II. Mm. And basically, the United States as we know it today is split in half. And everything east of the Mississippi belongs to Germany and everything west belongs to Japan. Mm. And there's hmm. this tape that was created by the man in the high castle that shows maybe the Germans and the Japanese didn't really win World War II. They just want us to think they did. And there's a character in there. There's a, there's a group that they call the resistance. And there's a character in there. I never knew. Are you for the resistance? Are you against them? Are you playing both sides? And to the end of the show, I still didn't know what side he was on. Hmm. So it was a little a little confusing yeah. to follow. Hmm. But it's 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 out. It, you know, it's an option. Hmm. So that's one that you can look into. And well, that's that's it for me. Well, I have I have two more um I can do that with quickly. Um one I already talked about some time ago called Long, Longmire. Uh, it was originally on A&E it's now it's on uh um, Netflix. Um, it's uh, uh, based on the Longmire, Walt Longmire mystery series. So that one is pretty good. I love that series. Uh, and then the final one I have is a uh, documentary about Nina Simone. What happened? Um, it's called um, Love Nina. Uh, yeah. What? Yeah. What happened, Mrs. Simone? And actually, it was nominated for the 2016 Academy Award. So for best documentary. So oh, I definitely um, want to see that. Yeah. That's on Netflix. That's on Netflix, Vicky. Yes, it is. Yeah. Oh, so, I definitely. Yeah. Nina is one of my very favorites. Oh, mm-hmm. just love her. Uh, yeah, it was really good. Um, it's sort of sad, but you know, of course, you know. That's she didn't. Like she didn't story have it most easy. Jazz singers. Yeah. yeah mm-hmm. She didn't. Yeah. She did not have it easy. No, she. I think she. Well, you'll find out why. Yeah, <laughs> if I you definitely watch the documentary. I think her song "Lilac Wine" is. Oh, it gives me goosebumps every time I hear it. I just, I, I have uh, a couple of Nina Simone. Yeah, um, I have her. Albums. I have her entire collection. I don't oh. think she has a single album that she ever did that I don't have. <laughs> her voice is just uninhibitable. Um, it's just beautiful. Yeah, and then her, her daughter actually worked with Third Estate to to come. This is sort of a counterpart to an unauthorized uh, um, um, biography somebody did on her. And oh, so okay. she have you she have videos of her that you've never seen before, and oh, I, um, you get to to know more about her as I a person. I definitely want to see that. Yeah, oh. yeah, yeah. Well, mine uh, again are you know pretty much British and Swedish shows. So the first one that I have is a 
I would call it, it's not a noir, but it's definitely a psychological thriller. And those of you, and I don't know how to pronounce her first name. Is it Gillian or Gillian Anderson from X-Files? Mm-hmm. Uh, she, she's the female protagonist in this, and she is a fabulous actress. And, you know, it makes me want to go back and watch the X-Files. I never watched the X-Files because it just seems so Twilight Zone like weird. Uh, yeah, yeah, I didn't like But it. she plays... Um, what basically this show is about is that there is a serial killer that uh, is he's in Belfast, Ireland, and she comes up from she plays a detective, Gillian uh, Anderson's character, and she goes to Ireland and she has to solve um, this killing spree. And the thing is, is that the killer really is out in the open and just the way that she deals with this, it's, it's really, it's very tense. And I, um, it has been renewed for season three. Season one was just absolutely excellent. Season two is good as well, but I have really a new appreciation for her as an actress. She's fabulous in this. And then the other one I binge watched season two over this week is Broadchurch. Um, mm-hmm. I definitely have to see uh, Dorset. It is absolutely ex- the cinematography in Broadchurch is absolutely exquisite. Olivia, um, I just I just lost her name. Olivia uh, Coleman. Thank you. <laughs> See, this is what happens when you're a woman yeah. of a certain age. But um, it's season one dealt with this small town, and this is very basically a small town series. Um, so you have this small town that is grappling with the murder of this little boy. And Olivia Coleman um, and David Tennant play the two investigators. He comes down from a checkered past or a case from, he couldn't solve uh, from, a, from somewhere. And they have to not only get their footing as far as working together, but also he has to deal with a small town mentality. And it's really, really a wonderful um, series. Season one is, is dealing with finding out who the, the killer is. Season two, Charlotte Rampling um, comes into play, fabulous actress. And season two basically deals with the case, the court case and all of the emotions surrounding it. And also there's another case involved. Uh, David Tennant's character uh, has to deal with this. um, It's like a subplot. He's dealing with this case that he was not able to solve. Very, very, the acting is absolutely great. I thought season two was a little weaker than season one, but again, that may be just the nature of the beast. I did not think the acting was, uh, ba- I mean, the acting's just absolutely fabulous all the way around. Have you so, seen, have you seen oh, the American adaptation of it? And I, no, I won't. I, I think David Tennant plays in that as well. Yeah, he does. He? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, they're equally good, but they're different. You know, they, the story is the same. But it just fills the whole story. I, I watched both of them back to back when Broadchurch was out. I came out and I watched Grace Point, and I felt that I was watching two different things. Even though David Tennant was in it, um, it just played out differently. It was a different mood and everything. Um, I like both of them, but I think I prefer the, the original, the British version, better. Yeah, I, and, and you know, there's uh, not two characters that are adversarial, and one of them is Charlotte Rampling's character, mm-hmm. who plays a prosecutor, and Marianne Jean Baptiste plays um, the the lawyer for the defendant. She is a fabulous actress, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I would really like to see more of her work. I think yeah. she does a fabulous job. 
the other uh, shows that I have, I mentioned MI5, which if you can find it, is really good. It's it's long. I mean, all the episodes aren't as great, but it's 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 a it's a thriller. I mean, you're dealing with um, a spy um, agency and all of the counterterrorism and the terrorist acts. I mean, it's 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 a pretty good series. But Wallander, there's are two versions. There are um, it's. Mm-hmm. If you want to stream it on Netflix, it's called Henning Mankell's Wallander, and that is Swedish with um, English subtitles. And this is absolutely my favorite series. I love the way, I was very sad at the way the character ended up. I will have to tell you that. I'm not mm-hmm. going to spoil it for you. That just was a sadness because you get so involved in the characters. Yeah. But there's quite a few episodes, and um, they. Uh, Kirster Henderson plays Henriksen, excuse me, plays uh, Kurt Wallander, and it takes place in Eastad, Sweden. And it is the, again the cinematography is absolutely beautiful. Yeah, it makes me want to go to Sweden, and I have to go to Dorset, England, to see these these uh, coastal towns. But um, I think that it's a very strong storyline. I know, Vicky, you had a question about the daughter. Is she? Yeah, that was the British version, uh, though. Oh, okay. See, yeah. I... It's, yeah. it's only like the, uh, six episodes for the British version, three for both seasons. Yeah, you know, they didn't... It's interesting because, you know, usually it's the Americans that will take an idea and run with it. But the British version, which has Kenneth Branagh in it, is fabulous, too. I mean, mm-hmm. he plays a totally different character, really. God, he doesn't a, even a, look like himself. No, he t- but he plays a different Wallander. So, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. They're, they're, you can't equate the two, even though they are the same character. They're just very different. But I mm-hmm. highly recommend watching both of them. I think they're yeah. both definitely worth it. If you like, if you enjoy, um, you know, police dramas, I think, yeah. in character development, I think the Swedish version does a much better job. But I also think the British version is very good, too. Yeah. So the, I, yeah. I, I think those are up there with my favorite. In, in I just wish they'd them, make more all of them. them. Have beautiful cinematography. Yeah I, yeah, I just wish they would make more of them. But Broadchurch, yeah. um, I have to go to Dorset. I really have to see where Dorset is. And you know, the other mm-hmm. thing is, we didn't mention Doc Martin, but I think yeah. when I lived in Tucson, I think it was either um, Barbie and John Nemo or it was uh, some other of my friends. They said, "Oh, you haven't seen Doc Martin?" Well, my husband and I got on to Doc Martin. It, again, takes place in a gorgeous town in England, mm-hmm. and he is, it's just such a quirky show. You get so involved with the characters of Doc Martin, and the townspeople are, it just reminds me of Maine in some ways, because when you have a small town, and, you know, you're an outsider, you know, coming in, um, I think it's, I just think it's very, very funny. And also this doctor is afraid of blood. So to me, mm-hmm. that just doesn't equate to being yeah. a doctor. But I, have you I seen... lost track of when it was coming back on. So, um, well, I like Martin yeah. Clunes only because the fact he, he is so socially awkward. He yeah. is so, and he has no tact at all. And he just, he's so smart, but he has no tact. And I, mm-hmm. I just love Doc Martin and I know they're coming out with a new season. Uh, shortly, mm-hmm. so that's going to be a lot of fun because you really do get involved with Bert and all these quirky characters. Uh, so, if people haven't seen Doc Martin, again, it's on PBS and Netflix, and you can download that. I think I think Netflix has it. I know Amazon Prime has it, but I don't think you. I'm not sure if you have to have an Acorn subscription to see Doc Martin on Amazon Prime. And that wraps it up for me. 
Okay, and this is definitely a topic we will be revisiting in the future as new shows come out and we start watching all these these really good good programs that are on uh, Netflix and Amazon and even on the regular stations. So we would like to hear from you, the listeners. What shows do you like to watch? We'd also appreciate uh, iTunes reviews because it helps other people find the show. If you need to get in touch with this, all of our contact information is on the website, Three Geeky Ladies, with the number three spelled out. Facebook, Google+, Twitter, you can find everything there. And we would like to thank you so much for listening this week, and we will talk to you next time. Soft kitty, warm kitty, little ball of fur. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hold up what, here, Mark. What, what's going on, Kevin? You're singing the song Soft Kitty. That That's only for when somebody's sick and not feeling well. Oh, but I thought it'd be a great intro into the show. I mean, after all, people listening to us, they've got to be a little bit sick, don't they? That's true. We can't deny that. Especially if they want to hug a geek every week. I know. A little bit confusing. A little bit painful. I feel sorry for them. (laughs) But you know what? If you haven't listened to Geekiest Show Ever, simply go across to iTunes and type in Geekiest Show Ever, and you can listen to Kevin and me every single week. We're sick, we're twisted, but we have fun doing it.